We get to praise and magnify our Savior. And as that song said, all the day long. Think about when he comes back and he takes us to be with him forever and ever. We're we'll going to be doing that for all eternity, worshiping and praising the wonderful name of Jesus. We have quite a number of things I want, we want to pray for tonight. But I just before we do, I want to just remind us uh, of a scripture that we read uh, the other week, and that is from the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus told his disciples, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I give you the keys of heaven. The keys that are symbolic for authority. Jesus imparted to the church, his followers, the authority to bind and to loose. And every single one of us has a key. These are all, you could tell, different keys. They open up different doors. But they all, though they may be different in size and color, but they all are the same in that they all carry the same authority. The ability to open something and the ability to lock something. And I want to encourage you tonight, don't let your key be idle. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that your prayers don't matter to God, that your prayers don't have impact. Every single one of us has the key and the authority given to us by Christ both to open and or loose or to close or bind. And tonight, I want to begin by asking you to use your key to pray with me tonight. Uh, our youth are away at camp this week. Uh, we have a group away at camp, and there are over 500 teenagers at this camp. And I got a little report from Pastor Joey that the camp is uh, going great, uh, but he's asking for prayer on two things. Uh, as wonderful as the camp is going, he said there's also been... Uh, quite a number of spiritual attacks that have been taking place. And so he asked that we could pray against these spiritual attacks. That's where we use our key to bind. Every spiritual attack, every scheme that our adversary has to derail the faith of our young people, I want to encourage you tonight. We need to ask God to bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. And then tonight, the focus of tonight's meeting at youth is the outpouring or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to agree with me as we pray to open up the windows of heaven and loose the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our young people. Can you imagine if every young person that attended over 500 was baptized in the Holy Spirit and how our churches would be on fire as they come back to their churches at the end of this week? I want to believe God for a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. So as the Holy Spirit 
inspires you tonight. Can we, we just begin praying? Remember, we're binding uh, the, every uh, evil attack, every evil scheme and plan of our adversary, and we're loosing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit tonight. So come on, church family, those of you who are with us uh, online, uh, you don't be a spectator at home. Join us in prayer. We need to really bathe this youth convention in, the, in, in prayer tonight, exercising the keys that God has given us. So come on, let's call upon the name of the Lord. Father, we call upon your name tonight. We call upon your name tonight. We cry out to you, God. First of all, we thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you that this moment has come where our young people have been gathering together, oh God, from all across the state, oh God. And they've been seeking your face, oh God. They've been worshiping you. They've been praising you, oh God. And I thank you for the wonderful things that you have done so far, God. We bless you for it, God. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. But as we've gotten the reports, God, that now there's this spiritual activity, which we're not surprised of because the enemy is not going to sit idly by while you move, oh God. And so we recognize that he has plots and he has schemes, God, that to derail the very purposes of God in our young people's lives. So we call upon your name tonight. We exercise the, the, the authority that you've given us, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, oh God, to right now to bind every demonic work, oh God. We ask, oh God, that you would bring to naught every plot, every scheme of our adversary, oh God, to, to discourage our young people, oh God, to bring condemnation on our young people, oh God, to create all kind of havoc, oh God. We bind every evil spirit in the name of Jesus. We bind every purpose, every plot, every scheme, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. That not, not one young person would come back without having a, a divine encounter with you, the living God. We are praying against everything that the enemy will throw at our young people, oh God. The lies that he will try to filter into their mind, oh God. We bind all of that in the name of Jesus Christ. And even tonight, Father, as they're preparing to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Oh, God, we join with the leadership that has already been praying down there. We join them in prayer tonight, oh, God, using the keys of the kingdom of heaven to bind them to loose. Well, now we loose the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We pray, oh, God, for such a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit that every single young person, oh, God, would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, let fire from heaven fall tonight. Let fire from heaven fall tonight. Let fire from heaven fall tonight upon our young people, oh God. We want the fire of heaven, oh God, more than just speaking in tongues, as wonderful as that is. But we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit that will produce transformation in character, transformation in lives, oh God. Even as in the book of Acts, when the Spirit was poured out, the disciples now got into the 
streets and they began to declare publicly the praises of God unashamedly declaring your praise. God, we want that kind of experience. We loose that kind of experience upon our young people, oh God, that they would be so filled with the spirit of the Lord. So ask to come back to their homes, oh God, to their churches and to their schools and begin to declare the very wonders of God. Declaring the wonders of God to their friends, oh God, to their communities, oh God. Unashamedly lifting up their hearts, oh God, to bless you, to praise and magnify your name. Oh God, move tonight, Father. Move tonight, Lord. Let the Spirit of the Lord fall fresh upon every single one, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, powerful anointing, oh God. A powerful anointing upon our young people. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Let there be such a powerful move of the Holy Spirit tonight, oh God that young people will dedicate their hearts wholeheartedly to serving you and to fulfilling your purpose for their life, Father. We are asking, oh God, for every single teenager to come back, oh God, on fire for you, Jesus. Not just an emotional high, oh God, but a genuine infilling of the Holy Spirit that will produce this fire this passion that wells up from our spirit, from the deepest recesses of our spirit, oh God. A passion, oh God, that is fueled by the fire of God. And we promise, as always, to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And all God's people say, amen and amen, amen and amen. Blessed be his name. Looking forward to the report we're going to be getting uh, on Sunday as our young people will be there. Remember to keep praying. They got uh, today, tomorrow, and then on Friday, and then they come home. So we want to see God do some incredible things. Hallelujah. I'm going to share a little thought uh, tonight that I believe will encourage us because it has to deal with an aspect of our life that I'm, without a doubt, all of us experience at one time or another. Matthew chapter 17 now. I'm going to read the first eight verses. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah. 
While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked, they saw no one except Jesus. Now, before this portion of our text, you remember we've in this, in this journey that we've been taking uh, through the Gospel of Matthew in this series, uh, Kingdom Principles, Peter had received the revelation that Jesus is Messiah, right? Or the Christ, depending on your translation. And Jesus has said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. In other words, Peter received this revelation, this spiritual awakening that was initiated by God. It wasn't something he thought up or came up with by deducing the facts. It was an old spiritual awakening, which is what revelation is. It's a spiritual awakening that God initiates. And so he got the revelation that Jesus is Messiah. Then Jesus begins to talk to them about the fact that he is going to uh, be uh, going to Jerusalem where he would be now abused by the religious leaders. Uh, he would suffer greatly. Then he would be crucified, but that he would rise on the third day. And we saw this Sunday that upon hearing that, Jesus now rebuked Peter because Peter this time wasn't talking from a, a, the point of revelation. He was talking from human reasonings. In other words, he got the revelation that Jesus is Messiah. And now he began to run with that in his mind and figured out, well, this is how God's kingdom is going to be established. This is how the plan is going to work out. So he did not see how Jesus dying would fit into that plan. It made no sense to him. And Jesus rebuked them with probably the strongest rebuke you could ever receive from God. Jesus called him Satan because representing the one who opposes God's plan or God's purpose. And so the, now we come into chapter 17 and six days have passed. Six days later, Jesus now takes Peter, James, and John, and he takes them up to the mountain, and there he is physically transfigured in their presence, where his clothes become to be shiny and brilliant. In other words, the very glory of God is revealed right before their eyes. And then they see Moses and Elijah appear. And once again, Peter is the one who opens his mouth and he says something that he really shouldn't say. He was telling, well, Lord, it's good to be here. Uh, why don't we make shelters? What he was talking about uh, was really stands that were symbolizing worship. He said, why don't we honor you, but also honor Moses and Elijah? And all of a sudden, God the Father comes in the form of a cloud and tells them, this is my son whom I'm all pleased. Listen to him. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are gone from the scene. And so 
Here's what I want to talk to you about because this small sample of Peter's life really typifies our journey with Jesus. In that Peter experienced some peaks and valleys, if you will, in his life, in his journey with Jesus. By peaks, I mean he got the peak of the revelation that Jesus is Messiah, the Christ. He's got now a peak, man, being in the very presence of and seeing Jesus transfigured right before your eyes, incredible. Those were some peaks for him. But you talk about a valley, Lord calling you Satan, I'd say that's a pretty uh, low valley there. And then opening your mouth and saying things that you shouldn't have. See, like Peter, we have this journey with Jesus. And the first thing I want to talk to you about or to remind us all is there will be peaks and valleys. In our journey with Jesus, there will be peaks and valleys. There'll be times of victory, but there'll also be times of failure. I wondered, and I'm going to ask you to put on Peter's sandals tonight. What if you were Peter and you had been called Satan by Jesus in front of all the other disciples? And now, six days, six days. Everybody say six days with me. I wonder, during those six days, after he failed so miserably, what Peter must have been doing, what he must have been feeling like. If he was like me, he would probably be feeling defeated. Embarrassed, maybe ashamed. I'm sure he was probably keeping a low profile among the other disciples. See, in your journey with Jesus, there are going to be peaks and valleys. Let me ask you to consider what are you like when you're in the valley? Do you, do you tend to keep a low profile when you fail? Do you tend to be discouraged, embarrassed when you fail? Maybe even a little ashamed that you failed? I think we can identify with Peter tonight. Would you say amen to that? Yeah. Now, Jesus probably sensed that he needed encouragement and a restoration of some size. So that's why I believe he took Peter along with James and John and brought them up to the mountaintop where he can now experience the transfiguration uh, uh, of the Lord himself. And that brings me to the second thought that came to my heart as I read this text. And that is this. In our journey with Jesus, listen, he does not give up on us. He does not give up on us. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse uh, 14, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Now here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. 
Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I will show mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul highlighted, he said, I'm the chief of all sinners. There's nobody that's a worse sinner than me. But I was selected by God to demonstrate two things, his abundant or exceeding grace and his immense, his all-encompassing patience. Now, Paul wasn't just talking about that moment of salvation, that God had this grace and that God had this immense patience. Uh, I thank God for that, that we get God's grace uh, and that he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. I get all of that. But I've discovered that in my journey with Jesus that I need and I thank God for his abundant grace that still happens. And listen, his immense patience with me. Immense patience with me. Becoming more like Christ in our character is a lifelong process. Nobody gets there overnight. You will be the, as long as you have breath on this earth, we will be a work in progress. And in this journey with Jesus, it is impossible to have this journey with Jesus without abundant grace and immense patience. And so that gives me, brings me to the kingdom principle that I want us to structure our life around tonight. And that is that Christ does not give up on us. Christ does not give up on us. That he has this abundance of, Grace and this immense patience with you and I. Even when we fail, even when we do things, we say things that we shouldn't say, we go where we shouldn't go, we do what we shouldn't do, we still are here today and under the umbrella of God's abundant grace and his immense patience with us. His immense patience. That was a good place for you to say amen and loudly. See, because none of us would last very long without God's abundant grace and immense patience. You know. Not only that, because the Lord will not give up on us, we shouldn't give up on ourselves. I find, listen, the greatest patience that we need is with ourselves. Yes. Yes. I can drive my wife crazy. Well, let me rephrase that. I do drive my wife crazy. She has great patience in dealing with me. But I can tell you this. She needs greater patience to deal with herself. Yes. I have patience to work with people. Well, not if I'm in a supermarket. I don't have patience in a supermarket. 
But I can demonstrate patience with her or with anybody else for that matter. But I discovered that where I need God to, to help me with patience is with myself. Why? Because I tend to be very hard on myself. I, and when, I, when I'm not perfect, then I tend to be hard on myself. And I tend to be discouraged. And I tend to get even angry with myself. Telling, Carlos, by now you shouldn't be in this place. By now you should be over this thing. By now this thing shouldn't be in your life. What's going on? What's it going to take? And I find that I'm harder on myself than God is. That doesn't mean that we sugarcoat sin. But we need to understand that we are a work in progress. And we need to be thankful tonight that when we do falter, when we do fail, the Lord is there with his abundant grace and his immense patience. To say, I'm not giving up on you. In fact, Jesus, I believe Jesus said, I know what Peter needs. Peter, come on, come up with me. We're going to go up to the mountain, Peter. And there... Peter gets to another wonderful experience of seeing Jesus transfigured right before his eyes. And then you would think he would just say, don't open your mouth. Whatever you do right now, don't say anything. And all of a sudden he couldn't help himself. And there he goes again. And now God the Father has intervened right there in the, in the Mount of Transfiguration. But is, aren't we the same way? I mean, we, we have these wonderful highs where we experience God's presence and, and God is so good to us. And then in those moments, it seems like fleeting seconds, we're right back to failing again. And we're like, ah, I can't believe I did that again. I can't believe I said that again. You're hopeless, Carlos. So in this journey with Jesus, number one, there are going to be peaks and valleys. And number two, he does not give up on us. Here's number three, and I, I've already hinted at it, and that is this. We should not give up on others. Amen. Ephesians chapter four, verse two says, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verse 14 be patient with how many people? Everyone. everyone. Be patient with everyone. Oh my God. Does everyone include everyone? Does everyone include her? No, God, surely not him. Yeah. Be patient with everyone. Why? Because we're all a work in progress. And if we pray, God will give us the grace that we need and the patience that we need for one another. Because if you give up on somebody today, what happens when God turns them around tomorrow? Right? 
the prayers that we offer today, you may say, I, I, I'm giving up on them, God. I'm not praying anymore. No, use that key because you got, you got to keep praying and, God, get, and you got to ask God for the grace and the patience that you need. Why? Because as you wait on him, then one day the key that you are using in prayer, God is going to open up that door and you will see the transformation that you've been praying for. You will experience the, the victory that you've been praying for, for that in that person's life. And so that's why we have, we have to be patient with one another because we're all a work in progress. And if God doesn't give up on us, we certainly should not give up on one another. And just work with the grace that God gives us and the patience that God gives us. Now you realize the moment you ask God for patience, you're going to be tested in that. See? That's why, and this may blow you away as a pastor, but I don't pray for patience. I know the minute I say, God, I want to be patient. God said, okay. There's only one way you know whether you're, whether you're patient or not. You got to get put in an environment where it requires patience. There's the testing ground. But the good news is patience is one of the fruit of the Spirit of the Lord. So as we pray, God, fill us with the Holy Spirit to the measure. God, I don't want to prejudge any brother or sister. I'm thankful you didn't give up on me. I don't want to give up on anybody else. Because so long as there's breath, there's hope. And so we're going to keep pressing in, God. And keep praying. And then while you are working, while we are waiting, God, give us the grace to wait patiently. To be patient with that brother, to, with that sister, to love on them uh, as you love on us, even in our, time, our worst of times, in the times when we are in the valley. Listen, every brother and every sister, Pastor Jason, if you would come, every brother and every sister needs a friend in the valley. You need somebody that's right there with you. Say, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to stand with you because I've been in the valley. I know what it's like to fail God miserably. I know what it's like to feel like you, you just don't deserve to even bear the name Christian. Every brother and every sister needs that because we've all been in that place, haven't we? Stand with me tonight. We're talking about this little sermon that I've called Journey with Jesus. It's impossible to journey with Jesus without his abundant grace and immense patience. And it's just a reminder for all of us, we're going to have peaks and valleys. And by the valley, I mean, there are going to be times where we're going to stumble and fall. There are going to be times where our actions or our words aren't going to cause us to be discouraged. But we won't feel like very much of a Christian. We won't feel so victorious. There are things that are in our life that we have been struggling with and that we continue to struggle. And in those times, we feel like un so unworthy that we feel it's time to give up. But I want to encourage you tonight, don't give up because Jesus will never give up on you. 
He doesn't give up on you and I. He has this immense patience with us. And so, because he won't give up on us, we should not give up on others either. Pastor Jason, would you help us out?